The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? In the first series Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And in this podcast, we're going to discuss the hottest topics in the ever-changing world of search engine optimization. Joining us today is Jordan Cooney, who is both a world-renowned SEO strategist and the CEO of Search Metrics Inc. Today, we're going to chat about how to monitor and deal with technical issues related to your robot.txt file. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Fun stuff. Jordan, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, Ben. Looking forward to the topic today. Yeah, me too. So I, I need your help. Um, I got an alert from Google Search Console this week for one of my consulting websites saying that uh, I had a handful of pages that were indexed, though blocked by robot.txt, um, which made me think about, you know, what's the process for identifying and fixing technical issues for a site? So um, I guess I have a couple of questions for you. Um, which let's go through them one by one. But first, what does index, though blocked by robot.txt, mean? Two, what do I do to fix it? And three, what's the right process for you know, companies larger than mine for managing their technical issues and making sure that they're resolved quickly? So um, can we start off by, you know, can you tell me what's my problem? <laughs> well, absolutely. I know, I know. Where should I start? <laughs> So yeah, I, I can certainly tell you what, what the problem is. And in some cases, this could be a problem. And, and in other cases, maybe it's not a problem. Uh, but ultimately, a lot of folks did receive notifications recently from Search Console, in particular notifying them of um, index coverage is, issues. Um, and index coverage is really a, it, it is one of the status elements that, that 
that Google is constantly monitoring on your website. And what it, what it technically means uh, for our listeners is, am I serving up a page that can be indexed within Google? Can, can this page in its current form and its, and its structure and its substance be indexed by Google? And there's a lot of different criteria that Google looks at in order for something to be indexed. And so hence, the index coverage is looking at, well, out of all your pages, is there certain issues or restrictions or warnings um, or exclusions that are preventing this page from being indexed? Okay. So what I noticed when I went into Google Search Console is that I had 31 issues and all of them related to pages that were tags. So benjshap.com question mark tag equals some sort of, you know, term that I've used to tag my content. Is there a way to unblock my robot TXT file? And maybe just for the people that are as inexperienced as I am, what exactly is a robot TXT file and, and how do you fix it? So the, the situation that you're encountering when it comes to index coverage is that you are specifically notifying Google that you would like these particular pages blocked or more likely this, this particular directory of pages blocked by using what's called your robots.txt file. And so what your robots.txt file is, it is a it is, an, it is a section of your site that, that you, you put up that notifies Google of various requirements on your site. And so you can do what is called a disallow, which says, I do not want Google to be crawling or accessing this particular content. And more likely than not, you are doing this, um, you're disallowing um, these tags, which is probably a really good practice because um, you typically don't want Google crawling tags and monitoring the tags on your blog. Uh, those are typically low-quality type pages because they're like a, a, a collection of dates or a collection of, of, of very you know, um, unspecified categories or, or topics. And so for that reason, you typically avoid um, having Google crawl and index those particular pages. Okay, so it sounds like I don't have anything to worry about on my site specifically the pages that Google would be crawling the you know let's say the search engine optimization tag I'd rather have Google crawl the the actual pages that are related to search engine optimization as opposed to the aggregate page where they're collected in a tag correct now just for everyone to know a robots.txt file is something that is owned and controlled by you as a webmaster so you have the full right and authority to say Yes, go and access this, or no, don't access this. And you can. There's a bunch of other criteria. There's there's um, specifying the the user agent. So, for example, what type of um, crawlers can come to my site? Do I allow Google? You know, you for for big brands, sometimes they block um, competitors from being able to come to their site. And so, there's a bunch of different rules and rule sets in here. But the important piece that I think everyone needs to understand is that this is something that you can control and you have the full authority to control it. So let's talk about how somebody can um, do that. You have the right to go decide who's crawling your site, and you can figure out what's getting indexed and, and what isn't. Um, and how do you go and, and manipulate the robot.txt file? The, taking one quick step back, um, the, the idea here is um, 
around how we maintain and manage uh, index and coverage and crawl on our website. And the funny thing is, and I think this is where things get a little tricky for for our listeners, is that um, there's a variety of different ways to do this. And right now we're talking about one of them, which is using your robots.txt file. And to answer your question specifically, um, you know, you can you can just go in and and manage this particular page on your website. It is it is like a it is like any other file on your website. And for for uh, the webmasters, you know, it's just a file that's saved on your on your uh, database and is in your repository or in your CMS. And you can go in, you can manipulate, you can update that file, and then and then publish it. Um, and Google is going to constantly check that particular page. Um, now, like there are there are various ways to manage this thing. So if you have like a WordPress website, you know, WordPress has plugins or different features where you can update or change the the robots.txt file. It's a very primitive. It's a very primitive page. It doesn't have much on it. It's a white page with a bunch of instructions. That, that's really all it is. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that it's it's one of many tactics or or solutions that you can use to uh, maintain and control crawlers, in particular uh, Google's crawler. Okay, so it sounds like there's a little bit of googling to try to figure out exactly where your robot.txt file is, depending on what platform you're using on. But really, all you're doing is amending the text file and saving it. The next time Google or any other crawler gets that page, they're rereading the rules and that happens relatively Yeah, frequently. all of these files live in, in, in the same directory, in the same place. So if you go to, say, google.com slash robots.txt, if you go to that exact URL, you're going to see all the allows, disallows, and the various other commands that Google has um, Within their robots.txt, and so in every and all websites typically have this file. If you don't have it, you should you should add it. Okay, so you can find your robot.txt file by going to google.com/robot.txt. Was that the link? Yes. Uh, so any website name and then slash robots.txt. Okay, website name slash robot.txt, and then you can you can find that file in your directory and amend it however you see fit. Um, you mentioned that not posting uh, tags is a best practice. Are there any other best practices related to the robot.txt file that everyone should be aware of? You know, maybe obviously disallowing people to follow your shopping cart and things like that seems like uh, table stakes. Yeah, there's a variety of different practices, and, and different websites and webmasters use different strategies. And I think for for our listeners here, it's really important, especially for for SEOs. To be thinking about what is the priority and structure by which I want to be um, preventing Google from crawling certain content, because by and large, this is a tactic to maintain a high level of integrity with Google. How do I ensure that Google is only accessing the highest quality, best content on my website? And these tools allow you to control and move the move those levers. Um, and so, the, 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 to, to, to get to the point here, um, you can block uh, certain directories, uh, specific pages if you really wanted to. A very common practice is blocking URL parameters. So, uh, for those of you who know, like a URL parameter often w- is an appendix to a URL so that you can show a particular refinement or a particular sub-experience within the page. You often want to block those because it's not a new page. It's just, say, the color red for, for a pair of particular shoes. 
And so um, there are a, a, a collection of different experiences and uh, elements that can change within your URL structure that you may want to block and prevent Google from crawling. Okay, so let me ask you a, a similar question in a different way. There's, it sounds like it's a very powerful tool where you can select what type of content Google or other search engines are crawling. What are the best resources that SEOs can look for to understand how they can best manipulate their robot.txt files? Yeah, so uh, Google has a great help center, um, support.google.com slash webmasters. Uh, this is your, your best place to start. And they have a full section dedicated to uh, managing robots.txt. And really, they have a whole section around how to um, control and, and maintain crawl and index of your website. Uh, Google also has in this very same section uh, a set of uh, webmaster guidelines, and these webmaster guidelines can can also help you make uh, these decisions and give you some guidance on how to use this. Ultimately, I think one of the most important things, especially for the folks on uh, listening that are working on enterprise level SEO, really critical component here is working with your development and engineering teams to create a, a specific set of rules or criteria on how you're going to manage pages with Google. Because robots.txt is kind of like a blunt force object. It is very direct and very you know, single-handed in the way that it, it, it imposes requirements on what Google can and can't do. There are other ways that are maybe a little less aggressive and I, I often, you know, talk to, to SEOs and, and webmasters alike about this particular topic, which is like, how, how aggressive do you need to be here? And, and is robots.txt um, the best way to disallow or block content from Google? Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Okay, so let's actually take a step back now that we're talking about enterprise companies and talking about, first off, how can they evaluate when they have a technical issue, whether they resolve it with robot.txt files or another way. What's the tools that you use to understand when you're having a technical issue? Yeah, so uh, the the first place is obviously Google Search Console. 
Um, this is uh, the, the free tool is provided by Google to help you monitor and check, check your website. But then there's also a variety of different uh, tools out there, most notably for in-house SEOs or, or in-house uh, development teams. There's tools like Splunk and other crawl monitoring um, tools to ha- that help you understand uh, where is Google going, where is Google crawling. Um, there's also uh, enterprise SEO tools like ourselves. Um, and others where we can go in and crawl and help you uh, determine where particular issues are occurring. So not the monitoring pieces before, but actually telling you, hey, you have a problem here, you have a problem there, you should go fix these things. And oftentimes, especially like with our tool, it's something where you're consistently monitoring. So you're able to identify or find these particular issues prior to say, Google may be implementing a change or enforcing uh, that particular change on your site. So uh, we have a, we have one tool called Visibility Guard, which actually tracks your site multiple times per day to identify uh, particular crawl issues that you might have. Let's dig a little deeper there for you know the the people who are search metrics customers that are listening to this podcast or people that are interested in uh, our services. You mentioned the Visibility Guard. Um, or if you're using another third-party tool to highlight that you have a technical issue, um, you know what's the process for figuring out what the technical issue is and what you can do with it? So the first thing here is is just setting up uh, some good practices, practices and processes around monitoring because um, many of these issues don't just um, they don't just present themselves and and it's easy for you to see them say in your analytics data. It's something that you have to be constantly um, monitoring and, and, and keeping track of, which is why Google Search Console sent you this notification earlier this week. Um, Google Google has been updating kind of their um, their messaging and their 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 um, uh, monitoring, and so a lot of folks receive these notifications. And you can actually control that. You can go into your settings and you can kind of control like when you get notifications and when you get updates. But the idea here, the, the, the principal idea here is, is the right one, which is you need to set up a cadence and a process to monitor this on a, on a relatively frequent basis. For smaller websites, say under 10,000 pages, this is maybe something that you're looking at once a week, once a month. For big enterprise sites, this is something that you're looking at every day. And if you have even a larger organization where you say have a dedicated develop, DevOps team or someone who's monitoring the status of your website, you may even want to set up particular alerts and requirements with that development team so that you as the SEO are getting notifications directly from your DevOps team. And I think that's a really unique opportunity that many SEOs never even think about because this is a team that sits in some dark corner in engineering, but really working with those folks always pays dividends because they're seeing the problem firsthand. They're the first group notified when there's a particular crawl issue or access issue with your website. Okay, so essentially, if you're large enough to have a DevOps team, you should buddy up with them and make sure that you keep them on your Christmas card list. And we talked about getting ready for the holidays. Maybe we should add that to last week's episode. Um, When you're a smaller site, it sounds like you're checking in with a regular cadence on your... Google Search Console to see and setting up alerts or, or monitoring when Google Search Console sends you alerts and making sure that you're reactive as much as you can be. That's correct. Yep. Is there any other way other than being reactive? Is there Are there proactive steps that you can take? 
That's a great question, um, and and it and it's and it's a tricky one. But but yes, there there are ways for for businesses to be proactive in this place. Um, one of them is creating a strong cadence between how your site maps are are built and what it is that you're controlling and restricting within robots.txt or another tactic that's often used is within the meta directive, um, which is like a no index, uh, no follow or no index follow type status. Um, but using your site maps as a benchmark of what pages you want to have indexed often then helps your strategy and directs your strategy on what pages you don't want to have indexed. Um, and so that ultimately is one of the proactive things that I think a lot of webmasters and a lot of SEOs they forget about sitemaps. They say, oh, I did my sitemaps. They're all set up. They're all sitting there. But we don't go back and do a thorough audit or a thorough review and then reflect on what are the priorities on, of content that I have on my site and how do I use that to do, be, have checks and balances with what I want to block or restrict from, from Google. Uh, simultaneously, the other thing that you can always do that, that is, is proactive is creating a lot of these uh, Processes and 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 expectations with other teams like DevOps or engineering um, or using a tool like ours, like Visibility Guard, that proactively monitors. Because at the end of the day, this is a this is an exercise around monitoring than it is about you know being able to to um, fix and triage uh, uh, something in, 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 to to prevent it from happening. I mean, at, at the end of the day. It's always about having good, clean code, having good, clean structure and hierarchy to your website. But those are much bigger themes that you can't just make a bold statement that you need to be proactive there. Those have their own set of strategy and requirements based on the business and how the business is set up online. What I'm hearing is that there is some infrastructure that when you set it up in a logical way can help you basically avoid a lot of the errors that can come up down the road. If you have a logical structure and what you're submitting to Google through your sitemap helps you avoid errors, you're less likely to have to be reactive down the road. And then the other way to be proactive is setting up and using monitoring tools to make sure that when there is an issue, it is highlighted quickly so you can address it. And then the third thing is, like I said, make sure that you're buddying up with your DevOps team or whatever your engineering resources are and set the expectations that there are going to be times when you need the website to be updated and fixed to keep your search visibility as high as possible. Yep. Yep. So those are the, the, the basically the three ways to stay on top of dealing with any website errors that may come up. Make sure that you have a logical site structure and we're going to get into site structure in a future episode. Two, make sure that you're monitoring the performance of your site. And three, make sure that you have the resources ready to be able to address any technical issues down the road. Exactly. Okay. Um, any other advice for the SEOs listening uh, in terms of you know when you run into technical issues and how you can deal with them? Yeah, so there's there's the whole, whole practice around um, assessing your content and ensuring that that content is is in a in a state that actually creates the highest value. So one of the things that we do a lot of is help SEOs understand whether they have little or no original content, and whether or not that's something that should or shouldn't be indexed. And there's and there's, these, some of these things are very 
hard decisions, right? So for example, um, you know, you can have websites that are repurposing reviews or review content from other sources. And is that something that we should independently index and submit into Google, even though it's coming from another source, a third-party source that is also publicly showing this to Google? Those are the kinds of hard decisions that a lot of webmasters and SEOs are facing, which is, do I actually want to put this content in Google? It can be very useful from a supplementary standpoint in helping other content, but independently, is it something that we should avoid? Um, and so that, that's, that's, I think, one of the principal areas where I highly recommend um, SEOs to think hard and long about what is the value and then being true advocates of um, only providing the highest quality, useful content to Google. And there's a lot of examples of this. There's automated um, content that's often on your sites. There's uh, little to no value. Um, sometimes you have hidden content or um, uh, cloaked content on your site or scraped content that's being provided or surfaced on your site. There's various examples in different businesses and different categories face different challenges. But ensuring that what is being indexed is your high quality, useful content or URL is the ultimate benefit behind using these various uh, tactics to either block or disallow content from Google. Okay. Um, I think that's great feedback. And, you know, it sounds like making sure that you're feeding Google the best content that you have in a logical structure is one way to avoid errors and then being able to evaluate your site and being ready to move quickly when you do run into them. That seems to be the theme of dealing with technical issues. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jordan Cooney, the CEO of Search Metrics Inc. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Jordan, you can find links to his bio in our show notes or you can shoot him an SEO related tweet to JT Cooney, that's J-T-K-O-E-N-E on Twitter. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. If you have any general marketing questions, or if you want to talk about podcasting, you can find my contact information in our show notes, or you can send me a tweet at Ben J. Shap. That's B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. If you like this podcast and you want a regular stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your feed, hit the subscribe button in your podcast app. Lastly, if you've enjoyed this show and you're feeling generous, we would be honored for you to leave a review in the Apple iTunes store. It's a great way for us to share our learnings about SEO and content marketing. Okay. 
That's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers you're looking for are always in the data.